0: 95.7 FM. Hello, hello, hello. My friend, best selling author, and remarkable woman, Jen Loudon, is here. Her latest book, and I have it out today, is A Day, a Year of Daily Joy, a Guided Journal to Creating Happiness Every Day. And she's the best selling author of many books like The Woman's Comfort Book, and The Woman's Retreat Book, and The Life Organizer. And Jen and I are going to talk today about having mercy.
1: When things are going south, I <laughs> can't read my writing. <laughs> it's perfect, right? That's just perfect. I can't read my writing. Immediately the moment is going south. what do I do? Um, so this is what's been going on for me. It's a little bit of a busy time, and my deep core sense is of great well-being and peace. But the, the imagine that's the deep waters of the ocean, but the surface has been a little ruffled lately and i i've just been noticing what's it like to have mercy with that instead of the story that i might have had in the past okay i did have in the past which is i'm bad or life is unfair or things shouldn't be happening the way they're happening and i thought we could dig into that a little bit and we could i also think we should talk about dressing and clothes and personal grooming <laughs> I have some things to say about that after going shopping yesterday.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, obviously when I opened the interview, well, the listeners don't know this, but I hung up on Jen. I went to hit (laughs) record and I hit (laughs) hang up. So that's a problem. And I had another interview this morning that I was doing and, um, And I'm usually, I really try to be punctual, try to be respectful of people's time. And I had this huge computer thing and I wound up shutting down my computer and just took forever to reboot. So I was texting uh, my other person saying, I'm sorry, there's, you know, rebooting. And then you and I had technical issues. So it's like, how do we move through it? You know, we're trying to put something out there that is really helpful for people. And sometimes it can look really polished, but (laughs) there's a lot of times things are going south, aren't they? (laughs)
1: yeah I think I think most of the time, and I hope this doesn't sound there's a going south. Do you hear that? There's an echo. We're okay. Do, okay, good, cause I do like hearing myself twice. Um, most of the time, and I don't mean this to sound cynical, everybody, I think things are going south. And one of the things that I, I used to tell my daughter um, when she was really hung up in perfectionism and competition in high school, she's a junior in college now is um when she'd be like, this isn't fair, it's such a bad day. And I'd be like, you know, the day when everything goes the way you want is really, really rare. But we walk around with this story that it should be the way we always want it to be. And um and then we like intellectually, I'm sure you're all nodding going, oh I don't do that. I know I've read Buddhism. I meditate. I know that it's just like, you know, be with what is. But when we really start getting intimate with ourselves, we start to notice, oh, I'm okay with this going south over here, like let's say dinner burning, maybe you're okay with that, but you're not okay with this going south over here, maybe being late for an appointment. And it it just becomes another really interesting place to pause and be curious and learn about ourselves and our stories um, and practice being kind to ourselves and kind to our nervous systems. And I had a lot, I've been having a lot of reflections about that in the last few days when I couldn't update my iPhone for the, and neither can my assistant. I'm about to get in the car and drive for three and a half hours. I wanted to listen to some interviews on my phone. No can do Have probably spent an hour. She's probably spent an hour trying to figure it out. Stuff like that didn't pay my credit card bill. I pay my credit card bill every month in full. This was a big one. Big fee. Oh, <laughs> why did that happen? Uh, and you know, I, I, money stuff really gets me in the chest and the, and the gut. So, being really curious about mercy. And then the question you asked me when we were chatting before the call, which is, and why is that happening? Which mm-hmm. is also a really interesting place to go. But we can't go there without mercy first.
0: So when you use the word mercy, can that be compassion or grace?
1: Well, grace, we don't get a, you know, we don't get any control over grace. Grace either comes or it doesn't. (laughs) But compassion for sure. I love Kristen Neff, who's been on your show, Mm -hmm. the compassion break that she gives you, uh, that she teaches rather. And the way that I interpret it is um, I always put my hand on my heart. And I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't pay my credit card bill. That's so hard. And I feel what's there, right? But I notice that I'm feeling it rather than being consumed by it. And I speak to myself in my head. Sometimes I'll speak to myself out loud. Wow, that's really harsh. Oh, you feel out of control and like a bad person. And you have the voice of your deceased father in your head saying, how could you do that? And and then a soothing gesture, you know, I might pat myself or pat my heart or stretch and move a little bit to be with that energy. And then to remember that other people are going through similar going south moments right now too, that I'm not singular in this. I'm not the most screwed up person on the face of the planet.
0: Well, and that's the common humanity piece, right? so Kristen Neff, her, her three points about self-compassion is self-kindness, common humanity realizing that you're not the only person that's going through this or not the only person who typically pays their credit card bill but had an oops and and then the other part is the mindfulness piece which she talks about which is not over identifying with our yeah. thoughts and our feelings. Yeah. Which which the thought can be, "Oh, I'm bad because I let this happen."
1: Mm-hmm. Or I'm irresponsible or for me the thought could, next thought could be, "Oh my god, you're going to go out you're you're out of control." You know, I have some, I have some old stuff around, not that I've ever done it, but that I could go out of control with money. And, um, yeah. So it's just, I, I'm so curious in these going south moments, how much attention we can bring to them, how much compassion, how much curiosity. And the key really is, um, I would actually say, I mean, I guess I said a little bit different in my experience, which is the, the key is to calm the body first and calm the nervous system down. And that can be really hard sometimes. You know, I, I was pretty freaked out about the credit card bill thing.
0: <laughs> you know, I find there's some areas of my life where I can really step away, right? I can really get into that mindfulness piece and be an observer and stay in that compassionate place. And there are other areas where it's like, I can go from zero to 100, boom. And I can't, I don't even have I I talk, you talk about, you know, touching your heart and patting your heart, right? I um I, I try to uh I lost my train of thought. This is
1: really <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I try to I have no idea. What Maybe do I, I do nothing. <laughs>
0: But, but I know I can go zero to 60 and some stuff that can be really triggered and I can get into, I call it my inner gladiator, right? Where, and I can be really destructive, whether it's to myself or to somebody else, depending on the situation. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, when I've been looking back at that after the heat of the moment, and I've been really thinking and been in reflection the last month about it, these are just some, you know, old wounds or old things that. That was my self protectionism, and for me, how can I step into? Uh, I was thinking. I think when I was driving home this morning from my coffee date, it was you know loving kindness. How can mm. I be in that space of loving kindness instead of meeting that energy that's coming at me at full force uh, with inner gladiator energy?
1: Mm, yeah, and I I love that, and you know, there's a couple of moves that I make in the in those moments, and one is to. Again, I know I'm a broken record, calm my body down, calm my body down. And and then the, the next is if I'm with someone who I trust is to share with them what I'm experiencing. Uh, wow, I'm really shutting down right now. Or wow, I really want to attack you right now. Or wow, I'm feeling so hot I can't even think. And what I've noticed when I can do this, which isn't all the time by any means, um, is that it Instead of it getting into that identified place where I am the bad feeling or the shame, it's like, oh, look, look what's here. What's My therapist would say, what's in the field? Mm -hmm. Oh, look, what it's just here. Again, we we could call it the common humanity piece. And the common humanity piece of my life right now is my two dogs are now in the room with me because I'm actually in my bedroom (laughs) recording this because my big computer in my studio is not working. So I just want to share that going south moment. Or maybe not. Maybe they won't bark and it'll just be adorable. And you can imagine their cute little faces right here with us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Jen, what are your dog's names?
1: Ah, Stuart and Luna.
0: Stuart and Luna. Because the listeners want to know, when Michelle Woodward was co-hosting with me, her dogs would make some noise. And that was the email that I kept getting a lot of. What are the dog's names? But unfortunately, we'd finished taping.
1: so Yeah, now Luna is part... Standard Poodle and part Jack Russell. She is a very rare dog called a Mistake-a-Poo. <laughs> In other words, she was not planned. She is a um, little bizarre combination. And Stuart is a Schnoodle, which is a Schnauzer and a Poodle. And he looks like a little te- – they both look like little teddy bears. Yeah. All right. So hopefully they'll be quiet.
0: <laughs> so, so I think for the listeners out there, like we all – have um we things just don't go out the way that they're planned. Like I I love how you told your daughter the day when things, you know, that really go the way that you want, those are rare. And then when we can realize that, don't you think that that kind of helps us move through those difficult times instead of comparing what our idea is to the reality and then that there's that gap in between. And that's what causes a lot of frustration, anger, resentment, sadness, don't you think?
1: Yeah, absolutely. When we walk around thinking things should be different than they are, or they're different for other people, oh, we're just lost. We're lost in our um, in our story. Mm -hmm. And I actually wanted to go back for a second to the inner gladiator because there's something about that place. The things that hook us, as Pema Chodron would say, the things that hook us are often, for me, instants like a half a second, a millisecond where I'm hooked by an old story. Mm-hmm. And that begins to run my reasoning, if you could call it that, for why I need to do what I'm about to do. So this is a really stupid example. Let's see if we can make it make work. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll just have another stupid example. <laughs> um, I, have a, some, I have food restrictions right now because I have um, an infection. And so I'm trying to eat in certain ways because it's an infection in my gut from some travel stuff. And so last night I met my daughter for dinner in the city and we ordered a very healthy meal, but there was dressing on the salad part. And I knew I wasn't supposed to have the dressing to be in full compliance with this diet for full healing. But my story was very kind of in the background, not very clear. Somehow it's not okay with Lily. Now I did not ask her this. (laughs) Lily's my daughter. If I asked to not have the dress. Oh, there we go. Uh, If I asked to not have the dressing. So I ate the dressing. And then later this morning, actually, I'm like, why? What was that story? Isn't that interesting that I thought I had to have the dressing? And I think again, in these going South moments, if we can calm our bodies down, calm our nervous systems down and start listening to our inner dialogue and kind of pull it forward, turn up the volume on it, we can start to hear these stories that are running us and they may not make sense or they may be very outmoded. Doesn't mean we're going to catch them the next time or the next 25th time. I keep not saying, please put the dressing on the side. <laughs> this, is, this is not new for me. Um, but it, it's really the mercy of going, Oh, I did it again. Isn't that curious? Huh? Cool. Hmm. Okay.
0: Without beating yourself up.
1: No, I did not beat myself up. And I really honestly did not beat myself up. And then this morning, I also realized I bought clothes. Lily and I went shopping and went to dinner. And um, I bought clothes at Anthropology. I'm going to Portland today where I could have bought those clothes without paying any st- sales tax. <laughs> and that's the kind of thing, having just not paid my bill. So, right, the credit card bill. So there's some sort of the money anxiety. I could start making that into this big hairball. you're so badly such a bad planner. And that was probably like, who knows how much in sales tax, you know, sales tax is high in Seattle, Um, blah, blah, blah. And so I just went, Oh, huh. Well, yeah, that would have been nice. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) You know, it. it, so for the listeners out there, this stuff takes practice, right? So I will use the word is I, I use the phrase, isn't that interesting? And that helps me kind of, as you said, in the field standing, it helps me move away from wrapping those thoughts and wrapping that shame around me. And and isn't that interesting? Or what can I learn from this? And even when, like, recently I got a parking ticket, actually, I got two parking tickets in like three weeks from the same, in the same parking lot. God,
1: that'd be hard. That's hard. That's a hard one for me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And they're $50 each. And you're like, and, um, I had to at that point. It was how can I be? Th- you know what? How can I just be thankful for it? And I was still holding on to it. And the next time I got the ticket again, I was like, "Wow!" And isn't that interesting? And what can I do about it? Instead of sitting there beating myself up that I should know better or I shouldn't have gone out of the car, or any of those things. Because the reality is, I got the parking ticket. What can I do about it? That's different this time. Yeah, and and
1: I I, I know that it's really easy for me to think that I need to be hard on myself or I won't learn. But the research shows that's not true. That self-compassion actually allows us to to learn much better because we have more um, access to the parts of our brain where learning happens. And so it's very tempting. And many of us were raised in educational systems or by parents meaning well, but who thought that, you know, be hard on yourself. That's how you'll do better next time. But that's really not true. And so when you're not going to get more parking tickets because you went, oh, shoot, big parking ticket, big deal. That's not what you're saying. You're saying, oh, look, I got a parking ticket. Isn't that interesting? Oh. Hmm. Well,
0: so what actually happened to my parking tickets, the first time I got my parking ticket, I parked in a 30-minute zone for longer than 30 minutes because I didn't have my permit. So this time when I didn't have my permit, I at least didn't park in the 30-minute zone. <laughs> so, so when I went... To go in uh, to deal with my parking permit, my parking ticket, I brought in my permit and I said my permit and it was, it was in the wrong car and they wound up actually rectifying it. So I did actually do a little bit better then, but there was still that story of you wasted this time. It took you an hour. right? You know, you could have been so much more productive. I mean, how much is an hour of your work time? All of those things. And I just had to, Ever soon as those thoughts were coming through going, this is my reality. What choices do I want to make? And I don't want to spend another fifty dollars on this. And so I, you know, I organized my day so that it didn't, it wasn't a special trip out there. I was already kind of out there. I took care of it. It was an extra 10 or 15 minutes instead of an hour thing. But these so these thoughts come through. But again, it's like what you talk about with the story, story thoughts is which ones are you attaching to and which ones are you gonna let drive you?
1: And I also think you're pointing out this incredible truth that's very humbling about being human, that we really, really have a hard time grasping and accepting, which is that we learn very slowly and imperfectly. We do not learn like they do in the montage sequence of the movie. We do not learn like a computer. We go, oh, look, I learned not to park in the same place. But whoops, I didn't (laughs) learn that, you know? So, like last time I didn't pay my bill this year in time, I learned that I wasn't getting the email reminders. But what I didn't learn was that the Bank of America, my mom's card, I pay my mom's bills now because she has Alzheimer's, that there was a screw up because of that Bank of America account and my Bank of America account. So, it's still, I still wasn't getting the notifications even though I turned them on. So now I know, hopefully, it's all fixed. And I've written it in multiple places. Okay, on we go. But learning is so messy. And, um, you know, as someone who teaches a lot, it's really behooves me to remember that about my own life Mm -hmm. so I can have a lot of compassion for my students. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, and and I love how you said that we learn slowly and imperfectly. One of the mantras that I have for myself is I am a slow learner. And that gives me so much permission because I can understand things pretty quickly intellectually. Oh, yeah. But to implement it, Mm -hmm. right, Is it can be challenging. And, you know, just this piece about being compassionate or giving yourself mercy or catching these stories that we hear in the back of our heads, it's one thing to understand, like the listeners can be listening to what we're saying, saying, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And then they go off and there's a gap, again, between what they know intellectually and how they implement it. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with them. It's just that, like for me, my reminder for that gap is: I'm a slow learner, and that's okay because I know I'll get there. I just need to practice.
1: Yeah, and I think I love that. I love that, and I think my mantra is something about like don't dis. Let's not discount mm-hmm. what we learned last time. Like, there's trying to stay out of the story. And this is again, this is part of the way our brains are wired. We we look and privilege the negative. And we don't see and uh, sort of pl- downplay the positive. So when we are learning, we're, it's very difficult to notice what we are learning and notice it and take it in. Instead, we notice what we haven't learned or the way we screwed up. So it's partly the way our brains are wired and it's partly why educational theory is so strong on self-reflection. But we don't often reflect on what we're learning in our regular lives, right? We just we focus on I didn't park and I parked in the wrong spot again or I didn't pay my bill again instead of, oh, no, I did learn this. I just didn't learn that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I learned not to park in the 30-minute zone again. Right. I just didn't learn to stay in your car while you're waiting yes. for your kids to come out.
1: Exactly. <laughs> right, right. And, and, and when, I, when I teach different things, I, I really make a big point of getting people to praise themselves for what they've learned and to notice it. And research shows we need to write it down, not just keep it in our heads. Write it down in handwriting is really powerful. So can you imagine if along with your gratitude list or your meditation practice or whatever your oh your dog practice, barking practices are, you made a practice once a week of noticing everything you learned that week.
0: One of the things that I have with my clients do is that before we meet every week on the phone, they send me an email with a week, I call it a weekly reflection because I think this is the most important skill set that they can have where they are, they, they check back in, right? Because we're such in this information age of consume, 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 but how can they check back in? How can they circle back? And so one of the things that i have them write about is like, well, I, I think it's the first question I can't remember. What have you learned about yourself this week? Mm. You know and, and, and what are you struggling with? What evidence have you created for yourself? Because I think it's really important to create an evidence list because we can otherwise we can get stuck in our story about uh, how, like when we first got on the phone, you had there were a lot of different things that weren't going well, right? Mm-hmm. And we can get stuck in that, and then we can forget about all those other things that have gone well and, or the evidence. It-
1: exactly or that it's good it will be good enough mm-hmm. that the people listening are kind enough that if the dogs bark a couple of times hopefully no more than that and you know it's it's all right it's not the end of the it's not the end of the world which leads me to another really important theme in all of this which is when we're accepting ourselves for who we are in this moment everything gets so much less complicated so if I have to be someone whose computer is working to be, I have to be that person, but I'm not that person. My computer out in the studio has something wrong with it. Then immediately I start to disconnect from myself and the, my my stress rises, my creativity shuts down. I got, I start to feel like I have these blinders on and my ability to connect with you and to come up with something that might be worthwhile for people to hear diminishes really quickly. But if I can just be like, wow, I'm someone who keeps forgetting to figure out what's wrong with my um, port on my computer where you plug your earphones into, wow, that's who I am right now. I'm also someone who has two dogs (laughs) and who wasn't smart enough to put them out in the studio when she came in the house.
0: (laughs) We were just trying to rush around.
1: But I think that that's like
0: common humanity. And I really think that's part of grace, (laughs) right? Because so much of what we see and like when you're talking about in a movie, how the process of learning is shown, it's highly edited and it's in a story that lasts 90 minutes Right. When we realize we learn slowly and we can learn imperfectly, we will get there. But the road isn't a straight line. Like our Patty Diane, and we've talked about this before when she came on my show, it's the royal road. We want this royal road, but you're not going to know until you get there. So now that you're sitting up in your room, you realize because our concern was can we get a clean line? That was our focus. Mm-hmm. now it's the dogs and and I'm fine with the dogs i doing live radio I've had a whole bunch of stuff happen including you know brene Brown hiding underneath her daughter's bed and in her closet when we' because <laughs> she had contractors in her house you know I'd had babies in the studio so I've had it all with live radio um so it's it's that's always fine and there will be people that will judge it and they may turn us off but there will I think also be people that will get they'll be you know, like we, I, here's my belief and listeners, you can email me and tell me where I'm wrong is that this conversation will give you permission not to have to do it perfectly.
1: Well, you can't do it perfectly. This is what, but, but, but when we live with that subtle background story that we should at least be doing it differently than we are. Oh my God. My, I just want to cry. How much of my life I spent in that place. And I'm sure I'll be there again later today. (laughs) You know, like, oh, I'm supposed to be something other than I am right now. It doesn't mean I don't want to be different. It doesn't mean that I don't want to be that person who would go shopping with my daughter yesterday and be like, oh, yes, I know exactly how to put together an outfit. And oh, yes, I have exactly the right shoes to wear to walk into the city from the ferry, which is is a bit of a walk. You know, all the little stories I have, I have a lot of baggage around dressing and grooming and being a woman. Anyway, but here I am in my dance goes and my jeans. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's who I am. Let me just be with my dance goes and my jeans. Let me be with my dog sleeping in the sun next to me on the bed. And now my phone (laughs) (laughs) rings. Oh my God. Because I muted the phone in my studio, but I can't get the phone out here. Oh, and, and it's my mom calling. And so she may call back and back and back. Oh, hysterical. So cute. So cute. It'll only ring one more time, everybody. Oh, it didn't. Bob might have answered it. <laughs> oh, that was good. It was good. All right. God's with us today. <laughs> giving us some good uh, good material. <laughs>
0: so the time that, that Brene was in her closet, in her car, yeah. Underneath her daughter's bed was the was the interview we we're supposed to talk about letting go of perfection. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: We're talking about having mercy for when things go south. This yeah, is perfect. It's the
1: same thing, really. It's all the same thing. It's that we're in living this full human catastrophe, as uh, John Cabotzen says, and when we're not here accepting both what's going south around us and the fact that we wish we had cute skinny jeans and sexy little shoes to wear into Seattle, when we're not accepting what actually, who we actually are, even with the grief and the regret or the frustration or the fact that I wanted to fit into my skinny jeans yesterday and I didn't, um, then we're missing out on being human and we're missing out on being alive. And I know this to be the truth because I've done it. Mm -hmm. You know, and yesterday being when I kept being able to accept my dance goes on my feet, and I can tell you all why the history of the dance goes, if you wish, just imagine them as a symbol for stained yoga pants at home kind of thing. And and you know, you're surrounded in Seattle with really cool people dressed really well and all of that. And but when I could keep just being with who I am so wholeheartedly and so lovingly, I had the best time with my daughter. So fun. And you can judge me and you can think Jen is really shallow that she cares what she dresses like. Go right ahead. (laughs) I will not be joining you.
0: So last month I had this gala to go to and I hadn't really paid attention to the emails I didn't know I was going to gala. For whatever reason, I just didn't really put it together. And it was a rainy, stormy day. I didn't really think about what to wear And I just thought of it as an event. I don't think I realized it was a gala until probably, I don't know, half an hour after being there. (laughs) And so, of course, who do I decide to ask what I should wear? My husband. Not a smart move. So I asked him and I pulled out a dress. And then my daughter said yes, but she didn't even know the event I was going to. And it was more of a sweater dress. And I just thought, this is fine. I'm going to go with this. And I had some... Cocktail dresses or other dresses, but it was rainy. I wanted to be warm. I didn't think anything of it. And there's even more of a backstory to this outfit. So, anyways, I show up. We get through the rainstorm. We show up, and you know, the people back east, they're gonna, you know, mean poor California with rain, uh, but we couldn't even find an umbrella in our house. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I show up there, and i and I was wearing. So you with your dance goes. I was wearing my boots because I wanted to be in shoes that were comfortable, and I didn't want to wear heels. So I was wearing boots, so I was totally inappropriately dressed for this event, and I looked around the room and I went, "Oh, I am not wearing the right clothes, but I dressed for my comfort, for my warmth with the weather, and then so it wouldn't hurt my back with the shoes, and I was very deliberate about that, plus the rain, I didn't want to deal with you know heels and rain, and I just made a decision because I part of me was like, "Oh my gosh, I almost got in the shame storm, and I just said. Wear it with confidence. this You don't really know anybody at this event. You're here. Have as good of a time as you can. And I did. I had some... There was actually some good food. I spent some time talking with people and we left. I never made the pages of who wore it worse because there wasn't that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've only outed myself to the people here because I didn't really think about the clothes. I thought about in terms of my own personal comfort Right, and I lined with that, so the next day there wasn't any ramifications by wearing the heels or with whether my feet or my back, and it worked out. So outside of my slight embarrassment, I was okay.
1: <laughs> I, was yeah. I love that, and and it the, the dressing. I know we're going a little bit away from going south, but there's a, maybe. We'll but
0: that out. was south. That was going. It was south. south.
1: It was south, and how you dealt with it is beautiful. And I—it's I, so interesting to be a woman, and I imagine that most of the people listening are women. But men, you probably have your stories about this too. But for women, we have this tremendous mind field—mine, M-I-N-E—mind field of how we're supposed to look and how much time and money we're supposed mm-hmm. to spend. I mean, if you really groom yourself the way you know you were supposed to for the gala, supposed to in quote marks. It could have been two hours. Mm-hmm. It could have been going getting your hair blown dry and spending whatever on that and buying new lipstick. And and so I find this I'm al- I'm always mediating and playing in this area of what's creative and fun and by God, yes, comfort for me. And what also allows me to then be comfortable in those settings, so that I that I don't feel like I I draw attention to myself. It's very fraught for me, probably because I had a I have had a very beautiful, glamorous mother, and um, and she always you know was dressed correctly and the bell of the ball and all of that. And I have had, I mean, I've gone on national television wearing really ugly shoes. <laughs> I've spoken in front of thousands of people and got. And got um, feedback where they said, was she wearing her pajamas? <laughs> <laughs> so I've got some baggage around this. <laughs> but I don't want to just give in. I refuse, of course, given who I am, a little stubborn me, to just go, oh, that's okay. I'm going to be obsessed. I'm going to spend lots of money. I'm going to wear uncomfortable shoes. I'm going to appear to be, again, our theme, somebody I'm not, so I fit in. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I also don't want to become that person who's just like, Well, forget it. I'm just not going to play that game because there's creativity and beauty. And sometimes it's really fun to dress a certain way because it allows people to then really hear what you're saying. So for example, dressing the way that I need to when I give a speech um, instead of dressing in a way that's distracting. Um, So I just find this a whole rich, interesting area. Honestly, I wish it would go away entirely. But since it's not going to, I want to keep engaging with it.
0: I, you know, I think when we do stuff that uh, can take courage, I think being comfortable in other areas so that we can like when you're giving a speech, right, you want to be able to deliver that. And so how can you have the support to know so that you can deliver your speech? And and, you know, for me going to this event, it wasn't in the forefront of my mind. I knew I had to go. I was going to it. It wasn't so, I, I, I mean, I didn't know it was a gala. I mean, I just really, I was kind of clueless. Um, it wasn't a high priority thing. But I remember just saying, you know, wear it with confidence because what does it matter how I'm dressed? Most people will not remember. And and there was a difference because I was just at the table, right? I was a participant. I wasn't at the forefront where there was a lot of people. Maybe there were people that were judging me with my boots and my sweater dress and so on. And that was fine. Um but wearing it with confidence, really, because there was, there was a part of me that did really want to hide it first. And then I said, no, that's not how I want to spend my energy.
1: Mm. Yeah. It's very interesting, though, to think about how do we interact with the world around dressing, makeup, shoes as women? Mm-hmm. How do we find ways to be authentic with it, to be comfortable with it, to be ourselves, but also to be expressive and to support ourselves? I, 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 it's just, it's an open question, everybody. I, I certainly don't know the answer. If you know the answer, feel free to tell me. <laughs> and if you want to ever come and buy all my clothes for me and organize my closet, please come. <laughs> <laughs> and can you find me a comfortable bra while you're at it? I don't care who measures me or where I buy it. They're still not that comfortable.
0: <laughs> oh, that's a bummer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, it is. They're not terribly uncomfortable. I think mostly it's because. So much of my, my work life and my life in general, I'm in yoga pants and Uh running bras (laughs) Uh. and nothing, nothing else quite is quite as comfortable. Yeah.
0: Yoga pants are are great. That's what I'm sitting in right now. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to talk about, um, with the, this having mercy for ourselves when things are South, is also cuz we've talked a lot about stories right so we're in our head and you've talked about the body part i want to talk about the gut and tr- you know getting out of the stories and listening to our gut listening to our intuition when things are going south
1: mm. well I, I, again you've said this repeatedly in our in our conversations it is a practice mm-hmm. and I think one of the most important things I've learned about trusting my intuition, it doesn't mean it's going to work out the way I want. And it used to be that I would tell myself, oh, I can't trust my intuition. Look, I trusted my intuition and I still didn't get what I wanted. But that's not, that's not the indicator of trusting our indica- in, intuition. Our indicator is, did I pause and listen? Did I listen to my body? Is it contracting? Is it opening? Did I listen to a a still small voice saying, "Uh, you need to say that this is uncomfortable for you? um, Or you need to share that you're really shutting down here? Or you know what? Things are happening too fast. You need to slow down. Did I do that? Did I listen to whatever the guidance was or the feeling in my body was? That is the only way that we come to trust our intuition, not because the outcome is what we want. That's confusing and out of our control and a whole bailiwick that we just want to step away from. That
0: is awesome. Trusting your intuition doesn't mean things will turn out the way that I want. What a great message for people, right? Because if we, I know one of the things that has, um, made me hesitant about trusting my intuition is that idea that, well, if I trust it, if this is my intuition, then it's all going to roll out so ever nicely. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's called magical thinking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And, but just listening and checking in and it's, it's those small things, right? Check that checking in piece and listening. What just listening, I guess, what do you, What do you hear when you listen to your gut?
1: I hear different things. But before I answer that, I just want to go back for a second. Imagine intuition is another word for having an intimate moment by moment relationship with yourself and reality. Instead of some magic golden ticket that Willy Wonka is going to give you to the chocolate factory. And I think, again, I know I'm always saying this, everybody, the new age coaching personal growth community has kind of sold us in some ways, some, some voices, that intuition is magic. And it can be, it can be. But the everyday experience is, am I having a relationship with myself and the signals coming to me from reality? So in, in, in the moment of, let's go back to the credit card bill, Um, It was going, oh, my gosh, I have a terrible feeling I didn't pay my credit card bill. Mm -hmm. Wow. Let me. Now, if I'm not in relationship with myself or I live in a shame story all the time, I would just throw that under the rug, right? Oh, let's not look at that. I mean, who? You know people who don't pay their taxes for years on end or, you know, don't go to the doctor. And even though they have something, you know, growing out of the side of their neck because they're like, oh, don't want to know about that. It's like, oh, I I think I screwed. It up. And so I took action right then. So that's a really mundane example. A more subtle example for me, one of my big patterns is to rush, is to cram one more thing in. So it's listening to that sense of uh, my body. And it really is a voice, kind of a, I mean, it's not like as clear as you and I speaking, but it's this echoey kind of verbal component in the back of my mind going, stop. Stop! Stop! Mm-hmm. And then I can override it. No, come on, we can get one more email written. No, we, <laughs> we can visit our mom before. Oh, we can visit our mom before we have to get on the ferry. Oh, we missed the ferry. And then what happens? We beat ourselves up. And when we beat ourselves up, there's no way we're going to have a relationship with ourselves because it's having a relationship with an abusive person. <laughs> and so then we don't have access to that that we call intuition.
0: When you were talking about that, what came to mind for me was space, like having that space to pay attention, to check in, to hear what we have to say.
1: Totally. So we live our lives without space, right? Because we're afraid of space. And we're also afraid of being mean to ourselves in that space. We're afraid of facing what we might be running from, maybe something not good in one of our relationships or facing the pain that our one of our children's, child's, people, someone we love, our pets, aren't doing well. Um, You know, we have to be with the fullness of our emotions and ourselves in space when space is there. So if we're really busy and things are really packed or we're really taking care of everybody else, we don't have to do that. And of course, we also, when we have space, we're with the fact that so much of life is about experiencing the the going south thing we've been talking about, right? Mm -hmm. And not our fantasy of the perfect idealized life that that we read about on Facebook. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Here I am on my vacation having such a good time. I'm not telling you that I really want to kill my husband. (laughs) And we have nothing to talk about over dinner. And I just want to read my book and be by myself. Oh, no. (laughs) I have the happy, smiley selfie. Um, and I actually did have vacation and share a selfie a couple weeks ago, everybody. And it really was a good vacation. <laughs> so, <laughs> that wasn't me telling on myself. <laughs>
0: so, you know, to wrap this, this, this segment up is that it really is about how can we have mercy when things are going South? And we going back to that common humanity piece. I mean, I think the listeners realize that for you and I, a lot of things go South and we can still stand. We can be successful. We, It doesn't. It things going south doesn't define us or limit us.
1: Doesn't mean anything. Really, going south doesn't mean anything. It used to. I used to think. I can promise you all. I used to think it meant I was too stupid, too disorganized, too rushed, too blah 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 to have the kind of success I was having. It didn't matter that I was having great success at the time. I was having those thoughts. It goes back to the factual the, what's what are the facts that you so beautifully brought up, um, earlier that you do with your coaching clients, which I fully and totally love. What are the facts? Um, but now that I don't believe that, or I'm able to step away from it much more quickly, wow, life is a lot more fun. I don't know that I'm having more success or not. I mean, how do you really track that? But I'm having more fun. And I bought some really cute clothes yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and that that having fun
0: piece is is really important.
1: <laughs> it is. I am kind of at the age and the kind of mindset now. Of like if I live to be 75, right? Uh, referring to the Atlantic Monthly article by one of the Emmanuel brothers, that he's not going to engage in any intervention in his health after 75. He doesn't know how long he'll live after that, but because of the statistics and the quality of life that often really decreases after 75 for the majority of people. He's going he's living his life as if he's got um I think maybe 18 more years. That would mean I have 22 more years till I'm 75. And I'm really playing with that. What if I only have 22 more years? What do I want to do with it? It really changes talk about a different story than the story of I'm going to live forever. I'm going to live to be 100, you know? I just can keep putting stuff up, putting up with stuff, including mostly being harsh on myself and not accepting myself for who I am. All right. right. So
0: I invite the listeners (laughs) to practice being compassionate with yourself and see how that goes. And it's a practice. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you, Jen. Ah,
1: Thank you, Corinne. That was wonderful.
0: So thanks for giving us mercy on some of the technical issues we had on the show. We really try not to, but we're dealing with a lot of, wonky situations and we do the best that we can. So I just appreciate you allowing us to continue on with the show or continue actually for you continuing to listen to us despite our technical difficulties. And I wanted to go because the mercy word was something that I was really kind of grappling with. You know, is it giving mercy? What do I think mercy means to me? And I went and looked it up in the dictionary and mercy, the definition is kind or forgiving treatment of someone who could be treated harshly. And we can do that to ourselves, right? We are bullies to ourselves a lot of times. So I invite you to give yourself mercy when things go south. And that is going to be a whole new space to be in, isn't it? Because if we spend so much of our time and energy beating ourselves up, being bullies, thinking that it should, judging ourselves because we think it should be different than it is, having that space to not do that, that's going to be difficult. You know, that's going to be challenging because we have a way of being that we're used to doing. It's our routine. It's our knee jerk routine. And what do you fill that space with? A while ago, I was working with a client and guilt was a huge part of what she does. And I I just asked her, I said, well, what if you gave up guilt? And I think I've talked about it in other podcasts. And she was baffled, like, what would she fill that space with? And that next week was really hard. So, even though she really wanted to let go of guilt and not have guilt, it was really hard because what do you put in that space? When you, so, so ideally, right, there's the idea of, oh, let's create a new great habit. But sometimes we don't know what that new great habit is or to trust that it will work and we go back to what's the old thing. So to give up guilt, what fills that space, that unknown, that uncertainty, that space, that can be really, really hard. And we talk about that a lot in the show. How do you fill up that space? Some people fill up that anxious space with just busy work because they don't want to have to feel the feelings. Sometimes I have clients that fill up space with eating because they don't want to feel their feelings. I have other people that fill up space with watching TV or books and not that any of those things are bad. It's if you're distracting yourself from that. So what do you fill up that space with if you let go of all this inner bully? And one of the things that we talked about was mercy. One of it is self-kindness. So those are things that you can do. How can you talk to yourself? Talk to yourself like you would talk to somebody you love. Talk to yourself if you're a teacher and you're really compassionate and hold great space with your kids. Talk to them like you talk to yourself, like you would talk to your students. Talk to yourself, like you would talk to maybe somebody you meet at a party. You know, how, where do you hold space best in your life? And how can you hold that space for yourself? Brene Brown will say, you know, do you talk to yourself the way that, or does she talk to herself the way that she talks to her kids? For some of us out there, that may not work. And that's okay. So knowing what works for you. And then the other thing is that comparison, you know, comparison is the, it's the thief of happiness, according to Laura Williams. And when you can let go of comparison, what can happen? I guess that I'm going to be having on my show for the co-host. We were talking this morning because she's doing a 10 day experiment about comparison and, and anytime comparison shows up to stop it. And to not compare for 10 days. And then after 10 days, you compare all you want. And what is that this experiment go out? So we'll be be following up and talking about that because she just started that experiment and she agreed to talk about it when she comes. And letting go of these things that just suck you away, right? They are just draining. So when we can have mercy on ourselves, when we can realize that common humanity piece of Oh, I'm not the only person. Like I sat there afterwards and I was talking to Jen. I go, I'm just so fascinated. Here's Jen Loudon, you know, talking about these things that are the same ordinary troubles that I have. It's that common denominator. We all, we always hear, oh, you know, so and so puts on their pants one foot at a time, one leg at a time. We're all the same people, right? We do, we do things no matter how successful we are. And while I truly believe that sometimes it's so easy to go, that person there or Corinne over here, they have it easier than me. And the reality is that we all have stuff. It's just different stuff. What may trigger me may be very different than what triggers you. What may, you know, I know the friendship s- s- shows have been a big trigger for people because there's that deep desire for connection and belonging. So that can be much more universal. The close thing, you may l- may listen to us and go, oh, that's rather foolish, Um, or there may be a lot of judgment about the way I showed up at a gala, not really realizing I was going to gala. That's a whole nother thing. But when we can give ourselves mercy for things when they go south and I just say, give ourselves mercy. And then the important thing is how can you circle back, circle back? What can I learn from it? I can, I can tell you this, the next time I go to an event at the place that I was at, I will definitely put more thought if I choose to go to what I will wear. Uh, and, and it will be along the lines of comfort and maybe appropriate attire. So circling back, how, how, what can you learn from it? Just like with the parking tickets that I had, I got a ticket a few weeks later, but at least I was able to get it so that I can get it reversed because I wasn't in a 30 minute zone. And again, I really like my mantra of I'm a slow learner that gives me permission that I don't have to know it all and all right now that I can practice it and I can deliberately practice it and I can circle back. And so that's the empathy piece that I think is so important. Not only is it important to have compassion, but empathy and empathy is perspective taking, staying out of judgment, recognizing your emotions, sharing your emotion with the person who's earned the right to hear it. And um, the mindfulness piece again, right? The not over identifying with our thoughts and our feelings did an interview with Todd Cashton, and we talked about the upside of the dark side, and he did a beautiful display of my th- what of how do you separate yourself from your thoughts, so this over identification with our thoughts when you know he realized who had been on my show before, like Carol Dweck and Brene Brown and Kristen Neff and all these great people who've done this tremendous research that we talk a lot about on the show, His immediate thought was, "Oh, I'm not worthy to be on the show and then he said, "I'm thinking the thought I'm not worthy." I notice I'm thinking the thought I'm not worthy. And that's what Jen's talking about, having those thoughts out in the field instead of right here. So I want to hear from you about how do you give yourself compassion? What are the things that work for you? Or how do you give yourself mercy? Jen's really, you've heard on this show and several others where she touches her heart and that part becomes really important. I know people and I have clients that like rub them, rub their arms or hug themselves and give them that hug. For me, sometimes it's about, um, I have my mantras. What are the things that I can say to myself because I, I can get so stuck in my head. And so a lot of times my mantras will be when things are going south of, you know, what can I learn from this? And that's learning is a really important value of mine. So that's part of my circling back instead of the, oh, why me? Poor me. This shouldn't be happening to me. And sometimes I have those pity parties, but what, you know, what can I learn from this? Or isn't this fascinating? So there's just, or isn't this interesting? And there's some things I go from zero to a hundred. There's no catching the thought. There's nothing. I just go straight into reaction. And those are the areas that those are like my really cluttered cabinets that I need to open up and do some work on. And that's what I'm doing. So I invite you to think about like, how can you provide mercy for yourself? Is it going into your body? Is it reminding something, a, a new thought that you can say? Is it going in and listening you know, to your stomach, is it maybe taking yourself a time, giving yourself a time out? For me, one of the other ones is loving kindness because I can go into that inner gladiator, right? And seek and destroy. And I'm much better at that when I practice mercy or practice compassion for myself. So knowing what it is for you. And then the other side is that sometimes I know, Oh, I need support. Who are people that I can talk to? Who's somebody that I can share this with that is safe that. Has earned the right to hear my story that's going to be protective of my story that's not you know I'm not interested in my stories becoming gossip and and it's interesting because even today I wound up running into somebody I was just thinking of them and we'd had this conversation earlier and then I rewound it wound up into running into her and we had this great beautiful conversation where it was really safe where we could talk about stuff which is allowing me the opportunity to process so when you realize you don't have to go it alone I used to try to do things so much so all by myself and hold it together and just fix it myself. And one of the things that I'm learning now in middle age is that people really matter and people can help me and I can help others and to the giving myself the permission to not have to go it alone, having that connection. I really enjoy these conversations with Jen and she enjoys them too. And it's nice because while we're not talking about a book or particular research, we're bringing in stuff that is like real. So we're sharing this common humanity piece. We're talking about how we practice it. We have sometimes different terms or languages or practices, but how do we do it so that can maybe you can take those nuggets into your own lives? And for a long time, I had the monologue for the show where this was the show place for the windows of possibilities where people, where you can see these successful people that I bring on and it's not that they've had the straight linear line, but they've fallen down and they've gotten up and they've fallen down and they've gotten up and they've fallen down and they've gotten up because it's not a matter of are you going to not fall down? It's a matter of how are you going to get up? How are you going to move through this? This is an issue that comes up quite often with my clients and through coaching, I help address this. You can go to my show notes at it and sign up for my newsletter so you can learn more about how to move through this, how to keep going and giving yourself permission to create the life that you want. The life that you want, it can be in your marriage, it can be as a parent, it can be in the career, it can be in your relationship with yourself. But what is the life that you want? And that's what the show is really about, creating the life that's in line with your strengths, your values, your priorities, the things that really matter to you. Not the outside stuff, but the things that matter to you. So go sign up for my weekly newsletter where you can find out more about how to do this. How can you create the life that you want so that you can be fulfilled in your life? And I want to do a shout out to... Melly Pin S for her awesome iTunes review. Thank you so much. As you guys know, the iTunes reviews really help the show out if there's an algorithm with iTunes. So the more that people make comments, it helps spread the show. So, Melly uh, Pin S, thank you, thank you, thank you. And for those of you, go and drop a review down in iTunes and leave an, a message for the show. And I look forward to connecting with you. Take care.
1: Honoring. She is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wide away, captured in